Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ice Talks, where we implement change every day. <coughs> Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Ice Talks. This is your host, Harold S. Reed Jr., also known as HRJR, your motivational coach. If you don't know what motivation means, motive plus action equals results, and results equal success. Today, I want to share with you something I found on Facebook. Well, not found, something that was brought back to me. You guys that are on Facebook, you know that uh, every day uh, they send you a message, uh, what they call memories, things that you've done or posted rather on Facebook on on that day, uh, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, and so on. And today... Uh, they shared with me a memory, something that I posted on this day last year. Now, full disclosure and giving full credit where it's due, uh, the 10 things that require zero talent, which is the name of this podcast, this episode rather, I received by way of one of my mentors, a man by the name of Dr. George C. Fraser who is by far the most prolific and profound expert with regards to networking within the black business community. Um, I've met this man. I've seen him speak many times. I've had a couple of conversations with him on the phone. Uh, I've been a guest at one of his um, power networking conferences so and participant as well. And, and, um, this 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 is profound. These 10 things I'm about to share with you are profound. So uh, I received the list from him. Um, and and but what I'm going to do is instead of just reading the 10 things that are on this list, I'm going to add to those things what I think is important about each item on that list of the 10 things that require zero talent. See, there are so many people out there who are famous for uh, having a variety of skills, singer, actor, dancer, scientist, scholar. Um, I mean, because it, it's not just about entertainment. It's not just about running the ball, strumming the guitar, banging the drums, or even rocking the mic. We have a great many black professionals out there in the business world, in the world of academia, uh, in, 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 a, in a variety of fields beyond entertainment and sports. But then there are also those who are famous for just being famous. They add no real value. They just exist living a lifestyle that everybody wants to live but may not have the means to live that life. So what I want to do with this podcast, with this episode is share with you these 10 things that require zero talent, but can maximize your chances for succeeding and building upon whatever talents you do have. So let's get started. Number one, in the 10 things that require zero talent, excuse me, I'm just getting over a cold, but the number one in the 10 things that require zero talent, being on time. Being on time, there's there's very little more. It's vital that you be on time. Now, 
None of us are perfect. I always say that nobody's perfect. None of us are perfect and we all oversleep. We all run into traffic. We all have, you know, hitches in the giddy up that keep us from getting to where, but keep us from where we want to go on time. However, that should be the exceptional case. That should be the, oh crap, this, I didn't expect this to happen. All right. For everything else, you should be on time. School, class, school, class, same thing. Uh, School, work, business meeting. As a matter of fact, there's an old saying that goes to be early is to be on time. To be on time is to be late and to be late is unacceptable. And that is something that uh, I, I share with my young audiences. That is something I share with my students in the dojo. Uh, when it's time for class and whatnot, because um, a lot of times people think, oh, I have to be there at five o'clock so I can leave at 4.50 and not take into consideration what the traffic may be like, the time of day, the weather, you know, anything. So I would always recommend that whatever time you have to be at a certain location, take into consideration the time of day, take into consideration the traffic and do your best to arrive anywhere, depending on the seriousness of the situation, do your best to arrive uh, anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes to a half hour early. It's better to show up early and have to wait than to be busting your tail to get to someplace on time and risk being late. So number one on the 10 things that require zero talent, being on time. Number two, work ethic. What is work ethic? This is the belief system you have that drives how hard you work or don't. Um, It's very important that you have a strong work ethic. The people who will succeed the most in this world at whatever they strive or endeavor to do uh, will be those who have the hardest work ethic. All right. There are people who believe that they should get what they want just on the grounds that they want them. And then there are people who believe they will get what they want because they put in the work for it. Right. And you may have to work harder than somebody else. Somebody else might know somebody. Somebody else might get the hookup. Somebody else might catch the break. But that's okay. You be responsible for your journey and you put in the work that's required. Something I've said, excuse me. Ever since I started this career of self-development, it's my number one cardinal rule. You can have, do, and be anything you want, provided you're willing to put forth the work necessary in order to achieve it. So having a solid work ethic is vital. My son is my youngest son is nine years old right now, and I'm, I'm beginning to really start digging in to teaching him the, 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 the value of having a strong work ethic. I, actually, I've been doing it. Uh, with a lot of work that we do with the dojo. Uh, there's one time uh, a couple weeks ago where he had a lapse in good judgment. And, you know, what I had him do, not so much, uh, I guess you could kind of call it a punishment, but I wanted it to be a lesson behind, you know, the situation as well. Uh, I made him sweep and mop the entire training floor, you know, and, I th- you know, he, he, he got something out of it. One, he, he'll think about that situation where in which he had the lapse in judgment but also I wanted him to know that you're con- that he was contributing to the cleanliness of where we train so I-, I want him to develop a strong work ethic 
And I think it's best for all of us, especially those of you who are listening to this, this, this episode, that you instill it in your friends, you instill it in, your, in yourself, you instill it in your children as best as you possibly can, because that's what's going to create a strong team. As long as everybody's putting forth their best effort, then you should be able to expect the best results. So having a strong work ethic is vital. Moving forward with number three, effort. Effort. I think that kind of goes hand in hand with your work ethic, with your work ethic. Uh, effort. You have to put forth effort. You, you, you can't just, you know, a lot of people just show up to work and, and that's it. <clears throat> they show up to work. They show up at work to work. But what is the quality of that work? How much effort are they putting in? A lot of times people complain that, oh, it's too much to do. Oh, this is going to bleed into tomorrow. Well, imagine if your work ethic caused you to show up to work a half hour early, even if you weren't going to get paid for that half hour or that hour. But the effort you put in knocked out the work that was left over from yesterday or the work that you put in made it easier for you to have less work to deal with by the end of the day so that's less hassle and drama you had to deal with going into the next day, all right? Your effort speaks volumes. There's, 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 there's ways in which you show your work, and that's primarily through your effort. Something I, and I, I love using uh, my dojo as a reference because this is a lesson that I teach both my adult students as well as my, my, my younger students I always tell them, uh, home is where you grow, the mat is where you show, because on the mat there are no lies, right? So what that means is, and that's something else, and, and something my mother always taught me, you play like you practice, right? So when you go home, if you don't practice what you learned at home, it's going to show when you come back to the dojo and have to actually do what you've been taught. It, it's also like... When we were in school and your teacher would say, you know, have you come up to the board to solve a problem? Or when we were in school and you would get a test and the test would say, answer the following questions, show your work. All right. Your effort is the show of your work. See that in, when, when I was in grade school, I don't know what the textbooks look like now, but especially the math books, we'd have all the math problems in the chapter. And then at the end of the book. In the annex or whatever, uh, there would be the answers to all the problems. So a lot of times, and I'll admit I was guilty of it, I wrote down the problems and I went to the back of the book and I wrote down the answers, right? A lot of us did it. Don't lie and say you weren't one of them. Don't lie and say you didn't do it. A lot of us did it. But the rubber met the road when you turned in your homework and you think that that was the end of it and the teacher starts to review the work for the upcoming quiz and she calls you up to the board or he calls you up to the board and says, all right, Sam, work out that problem. Here's the problem. Work it out. Right. Show your work. Right. So effort is showing your work. You have to put forth effort and showing your work. All right. Which leads right into number four. Energy. You have to have energy. Listen, again, we're all human. We're all imperfect beings. We all have bad days. We all have our off days. We all have the days where we wake up on the proverbial wrong side of the bed. I get that, right? But if we want to succeed, 
We're going to have to put forth the energy necessary and the energy required to succeed. You will have to play. Sometimes you'll have to play hurt. Sometimes you'll just have to get up and, and, and do what you don't want to do so that you can be able to do what you have to do. You have to put forth that energy. Uh, both my son and I are just getting over really bad colds, but uh, when our colds were at their worst, well, for him, really, uh, when it, for me, when it was at my worst, I couldn't get out of bed, so I had to miss a day of training, and because I took him, he had to miss a day as well. But sadly, when, and I say sadly because I really felt bad about it, but I had to teach that lesson to him because he was a little bit more mobile than I was able to, but he had a bad cough. He was just at the beginning of coming down, so he wasn't really at his worst because when he was at his worst, he couldn't get out of bed either, but we had training and we couldn't miss this training, all right? So still a little sick, he had to go and he had to put forth his best energy. He had to put forth his best effort because he had to show he had a solid work ethic and we were definitely there on time early to be in, to, to, to be factual. All right. So he had to show his energy. He had to put forth the energy. Right. So when, when you're going into these things that you do in your life, whether it be business or whether it be recreational, you want to put forth the best energy possible once again, in order to produce the best resort uh, results possible. Moving forward, we're halfway done with this list. Number five, number five on the 10 things that require zero talent, body language, body language. People don't really, really pay a lot of attention to body language. They don't understand. Sometimes what your, what your body is saying is speaking so loudly that what your mouth is saying is actually irrelevant. When, when you ask somebody a question and they're giving, they're, they're giving you a verbal affirmative answer, but at the same time, they may be shaking their head. That's body language saying that they don't agree with what's coming out of their mouth, that they don't even realize they're giving themselves away. When you ask somebody a question and they look up to the left side, you know, uh, before they answer, uh, and then they look up to the left. Well, guess what? The left side of the brain is the creative side of the brain. So that tells you two things. One, when they're saying, uh, they're trying to fill space. They're trying to fill the space between the question and the answer. They're trying to fill that space with sound. That's where uhs come from. In the speaking profession, we call those nonverbal fillers. Uh, right? And then looking up to the left, the left is the creative side of the brain. So they're looking up to the creative side of the brain to try and figure out what kind of BS they're going to let come out of their mouth after they finish saying, uh, uh, is like the time frame they have in those few split seconds to come up with some BS to spit right back at you to answer your question. All right. You ever walk into a room and you see somebody standing in the corner with their arms crossed? Yeah. All right. The crossing of the arms, the crossing of the legs. That's 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 a that's a body language sign of stay back. That's a body language sign of somebody creating a a a intangible difference, if you will. By intangible, it's, it's untouchable. You you like and and here's the funny thing. I do it myself. I'm, I'm very fond of that. And my my master instructor always tells me to uncross my arms because when when I'm on the mat and I'm teaching and I'm telling them what to do, I have my arms crossed. And that's my, and I'll be honest, that's my way of saying, you can't approach me right now. I'm dealing with you. 
right? But there are a lot of times when, you know, you have to have your arms down so, so that people can know that you are approachable. But when you're dealing with somebody who has their arms crossed all the time, they're, they're creating a barrier. They're creating a barrier to keep you away, all right? So body language is very important. Be mindful of your body language. Be mindful when, all right, when, when you're talking to somebody, are you looking at them? Or are you just, that when I was, when I was younger and shy, I would have conversations with people, but I couldn't look at them. I, 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 I would talk and I'd be looking near them, <laughs> I, but I wouldn't, one of the hardest things to do is to actually look somebody in the eye while you uh, uh, converse with them. And the person who broke me out of that habit was the father of one of my girlfriends when I was in high school. Um, her dad would just, he, he'd be talking to you and then he'd finish saying whatever he had to say. And, and you're supposed to respond because that's what you do in a conversation. But he, his, he'd be like, he, his eyes would be right on you. His eyes would be like, you are all he is concentrating on at that point in time. You, you don't, you, he may not have your full and undivided attention, but you damn sure have his. All right. He, he is, he is definitely focused on you. And a lot of ways that you can, you can uh, come out on top of a situation when dealing with someone is be the one who is looking them dead in the eyes during the conversation. All right. Just, just looking someone in the eyes can, can be all you have to do to, to, to come out on top psychologically in that conversation, even in the animal world with wild animals, they tell you, don't look them in the eye, right? Don't look them in the eye. Some dogs, you can't look a certain, some dogs, you, you can't look them in the eye. They'll take that as, you know, an act of aggression. All right. So body language is very important. There are books out there about body language that you should, you should look up and read. And I guarantee you, that you will discover a lot about yourself that you probably never even realize things that you do that uh, are examples of body language that affect the outcomes and the things that you do in life. So pay attention to your body language and try and project as, as best as you can uh, a friendly, outgoing, open, and, and, and willing to improve type of body language. All right. Number six in the 10 things that require zero talent, passion. You have to have passion. You cannot succeed without passion. All right. That you, you cannot succeed in life. You cannot succeed in love. You cannot succeed in business. You cannot succeed in, in, in recreation. You cannot succeed in sports without passion. You can't slam dunk a ball without passion. You can't run a, a touchdown without passion. You can't play music that stirs the soul unless you have passion within you that stirs your soul to create that music or to sing that music or to put it out there, to share what you have to share with the world. You have to have passion in it yourself to be the best at what you do. You have to have passion for what you do. I said a few minutes ago, some people uh, show up to work. That's it. They show up to work, right? But then there are other people who show up and work. And when they show up, and they put their foot into everything they're doing. They put their all into it. That's passion. That's having passion for what it is that you do. You come to my dojo, you will see that we have passion when we're teaching those classes. We have passion when we're dealing with these students because we're not just teaching them punches and kicks. We're teaching them qualities of, of being 
a better person. And we do that because we live life to the fullest that we can. And we want these children to come up and go out into the world being the best people that they can possibly be and grow up to be. All right. Number seven, doing extra. Now, a few minutes ago, I also talked about showing up early, right? Sometimes you have to show up early and sometimes you have to stay late. One of the things I learned to do early in my life, uh, well, I'll say in my 20s, um, with regards to uh, schoolwork, uh, when I was pledging my, my fraternal organization, Groove I Groove, one of the things I learned is that sometimes you have to sacrifice the things that you really want in order to get the things done that you need to get done. I had a lot on my plate during that time, you know, and for me, doing extra would be waking up an hour or two early to, you know, study, you know, uh, uh, get things done, you know, get my clothes straight or whatnot, or stay up late to study, get things done, do my, you know, homework and and clothes and, and, and so on and so forth. So doing extra, all right, sometimes you have to be the first one to show up and the last one to leave, all right, doing extra. Sometimes you, you just have to be the one that does the most, all right, and what will happen is you may not always get the accolades for being the one who does the most or being the one who does extra, but in time, the proof shows what you do will come out and it will show. All right, so doing extra is very important, and it will pay off. You can't look at you can't look at anything on this list as an instant fix, as an instant gratification type deal. All right, you have to put in these measures, put these measures into place, knowing that in time they will all pay off. Especially number seven, doing extra. All right, you, you sometimes you just have to set your set you have to set yourself up for the blessing that's meant to come your way. You may know what blessing you want to come your way, but once again, just because you want it doesn't mean you're going to get it, and it surely doesn't mean you're going to get it when you want to get it. Your blessings, your success will come to you on the day that it is meant to come to you, and not a single day sooner. It's like waiting for it when they, when somebody tells you the check is in the mail, you have no control. Over the postal system. You have no control over FedEx. You have no control over UPS. Right? So if, if you, if you, look, is, is the holiday seasons is here. Is the holiday season is here. So, so people are going to start ordering stuff, buying stuff online. And I mean, even if you order it next day, you still have to wait that next day. Right? You still have to wait that next day. So your success will come when it's meant to come. But I can guarantee you this, if you do extra, do extra towards achieving that goal, whether it's like, like say you're paying off a bill, right? You've got to pay off that bill. You got to pay off a $500 bill, right? Okay. And the minimum payment is $25. So you could pay that $25 this month, next month, and the following month, but you're going to be paying even further if there's interest applied to that. Or... What you could do is you could put down 250 now and you could put down 250 next month and you're done with it. And you might have had to sacrifice a couple dollars in some other areas. So you go back and you pay that back. Right. But doing extra will get you closer to your goal than doing the bare minimum or what's expected and surely more than 
what doing less than what's expected of you. So doing extra requires zero talent, but it pays off great dividends. Moving forward, number eight. Number eight on the list, 10 things that require zero talent. Being prepared. You must be prepared. Now, I was never a Boy Scout. Went to a couple of Cub Scout meetings, but never officially joined. But being prepared, right? Start your day out. I'm reading a book uh, by Ryan Serhant, who is one of the uh, real estate brokers in the TV show, the reality show, Million Dollar Listing New York. And I was just re- just finishing a chapter where in which he was talking about how he starts his day. And he says that his day, his day actually starts the night before, before he goes to bed. He's, he's thinking about what his next day will be, what he has on his calendar, right? The phone calls he has to make, the, the things that he already knows he's going to do. And he has his day already mapped out. So he knows he's waking up at five o'clock and, and going to the gym and reading the paper and all this other stuff all before he even gets to the office to actually quote unquote do his job, but he's prepared to do that job. He already knows. See, once you know what it is that you have to do, when you show up, all there is is for you to do it, right? It's better to be in that type of position than to be in a position where you just show up to work and you have no idea what's going to be thrown your way. When I was a police officer, that was pretty much the job because I would show up to work And, you know, I'd be prepared to go out on the street. And at that point, it's life happens. So I got to be prepared to react to life. A lot of police work is reactionary. And then there's some areas where, you know, you're proactive, right? It's better to be prepared. It's better to be proactive. Go out there and make things happen. Be prepared. Know what you're getting yourself into, if, if, if there's a business venture that you want to get yourself into, don't just jump into it. When I decided I wanted to become a speaker, I didn't just, you know, start going on social media, which is very new at the time, uh, and say, I'm this, I'm that. No, I actually had to do research. I actually studied. I actually got some speaker training as a member of Toastmasters. I actually read books so that I would actually have subject matter to learn from where in which I could share my experiences and how those experiences could help people. You have to be prepared. Uh, with my coaching clients, we don't just talk once a week and then talk about whatever happens. My, my coaching clients have a, a, a list of questions that they have to answer every week. so that And they have to get that list to me before our sessions so that we review their answers about what they did and what they what they what they did during the past week and what they're going to be do, how they're going to process that and then what they're going to be doing moving forward into the next week. So be prepared. You always want to be prepared as opposed to just let life happen to you. Go out into the world ready to make a difference as opposed to letting life happen to you. Number 9. Being coachable. Uh, early in my career, uh, as as in, in personal development, um, I, when when I wrote my first book, "Find a Way to Make a Way," I was uh, dealing with a woman who was nice enough to put me on several platforms where I spoke to uh, people that she was doing business with, and we did some coaching calls, and it got to a point where. I think she kind of like, I, I felt as though she was overstepping her bounds 
by trying to tell me how I should speak. However, I know what I wanted to say. I knew what I wanted to say and I knew the message I wanted to portray and I knew what type of emotion I wanted to evoke by what I was saying. So I really didn't take well to her advice because we never had a formal, I'm going to tell you what I think you should do type of relationship. And she actually said, you know, you should learn to be coachable. Now, I had been in sports. Uh, I had been on teams, uh, been in groups and organizations where I've had to learn from people. So I am coachable. I was coachable at that time. But I really did. And I had to reflect. And to some degree, she was right, because there's always something you can learn from somebody. There's always something you could learn from somebody. So I actually had to go back and, and tell the sister, you know what? I, I get what you mean. I didn't get it at the time, but and it didn't take me long to figure it out. But I got what you mean. I got what she meant. And you have to be coachable. Now, guess what? No matter how old you are, you have to be coachable. You have to be coachable. You don't know everything. Contrary to popular belief, you don't know everything. I don't care how old you are. I don't care. Listen, my father's 70 years old. He don't know everything. I can't tell him he don't know everything. Why? Because he think he know everything. But that's okay. Because there are times when there are things that he don't know and we just talk about it and now he understands better. So even to some degree, that man can be coachable. All right? But then there are people who, as far as they're concerned, they've seen it all and you, you can't tell them nothing. These are the people you need to avoid. I used to tell rookie cops uh, when they would come on the road, uh, you ride with somebody, you're going to ride with a whole lot of people during your probationary period. When, and I'm not going to say who these people are, but when you come across people or if and when you come across people who tell you, I've seen it all, I know it all then those are the people that as much as you can avoid. <laughs> as much as you can avoid because the people that have seen it all, the people who know it all, these are the people who are going to get you in trouble. These are the people who are going to get you indicted. <laughs> these are going to be the people that cost you your pension. All right? But be coachable. I would always also tell those same rookies that, you know, because this is how it came across to me, in my experience, you know that feeling of uncertainty you have when you start a new job? No matter what you went to school for, no matter what you got your degree in, and even if you were fortunate enough to get a job in the field that you spent four or six years studying. You know, you know. let's take being a lawyer as, a, as an example, because you got four years undergrad, two, three years of law school, right? When you go before the judge the first time, when you argue your first case, you're going to be nervous. When you're preparing for that case, you're going to be scared. You're going to be nervous. You're going to be anxious. All of these feelings are what you need to keep. When you start a new job, no matter what it is, on that first day, you don't know anything. You don't know anyone about the, the culture of the job and, and how the people get down and do what they do. But in time, you learn. And in time, you become comfortable. And in time, you just fit right into the groove. Still be coachable because you are never too old. You are never too experienced to learn something new. Denzel Washington is one of the greatest actors to have ever stood before somebody yelling action. But he still has an acting coach. There are singers out there who are Platinum selling artists and you know who they go to they go to their vocal coaches who have probably never sold a record Who probably never made a dime 
actually being a superstar recorder, recording artist themselves, but they have coaches. I myself am a certified life coach, right? I, and, and my clients have been people with master's degree. I don't think I've had any doctors yet, but master's degrees, even before I went back to school and finished my degree, bachelor's degrees, master's degrees, executives in business, business owners, all right, people doing their thing, and, but they've been my clients. Why? Because I've studied in a field where in which I can share some experiences and share some insights because I too had to be coachable to learn these things. You must be coachable in order, so, in order for you to be able to expand your own personal horizons. And finally, number 10 in the 10 things that require zero talent is probably the very most important because without this, you can't really excel in any of the other one through nine items. <clears throat> Excuse me. And number 10 on the list of 10 things that require zero talent is attitude. Your at, there's a saying that goes, your attitude determines your altitude. And, and that's gospel. Your attitude determines your altitude. How, how you portray yourself, what you, what you think about, how you express yourself, how you project yourself to the world for the world to see. Your attitude speaks volumes, just like your body language, your attitude. If you always got a scowl on your face, listen, for the most part, uh, I don't smile in pictures. I, j- I just have a straight face. That's a family trait. My wife hates me saying it because there are times when I take pictures with my boys, especially my little one, um, and, and I, all right, we're not smiling in this one. We'll smile in the next one. We're not smiling in this one, you know, and, you know, we both look like we have hard faces, you know. Um, I come from a long line of serious looking men, and I'm proud of that because it, it, it's an attitude that exudes strength, right? Um but you have to be mindful. I, I, could, I realized I can't be stoic all the time. I can't have the Mr. Spock face all the time. You know, I can't have the stone face all the time. I can't have the stone cold attitude all the time. You know, so I, I, I had to, I've had to learn to temper that. So there's a time and a place. So make sure that whatever you're doing in your life, not only does your attitude determine your, your altitude, but... Your environment should determine your attitude, all right? And when you're at home alone, you should always be at peace. When you're at work, you should be focused on work. When you're in a sporting event, involved in a sporting event, you know, you should be focused on winning and winning fairly, right? Your attitude determines your altitude. Your attitude will carry you. Your attitude can also break you. Your attitude can also destroy you. There are a lot of people who have lost out on a lot of great opportunities simply because they walked into the situation with the wrong attitude, right? Uh, listen, one of the things I do, you guys know, a lot of you guys know, uh, I do the little Uber hustle on the side, right? And listen, I'll, it's happened to me and, and, and I've done it to people. I'll give people a low rating because I ain't like their attitude, right? Get into my car, be all rude, slam the door, don't want to talk, talk too much. I don't like your attitude. And in their time, you know what? I'm not a human. I'm not, I'm not a human. I'm a human being. I'm not a perfect human being. I have my flaws. And there have been times when people got in my car and I wasn't in the right frame of mind. And, it, and, and, I, and my attitude, my, my energy might not have 
been conveyed properly or just my energy was just off and that might have made the person sitting in the backseat uncomfortable and they probably gave me a four or three rating or what have you. Your attitude will carry you in a lot of ways. And here's the thing. People won't always talk to you about your attitude. They'll just talk to somebody else about your attitude. So be mindful of your attitude. Be mindful of these things. So I'm going to run these things down right quick and then we're going to wrap this up. 10 things that require zero talent. One, being on time. Two, work ethic. Three, effort. Four, energy. Five, body language. Six, passion. Seven, doing extra. Eight, being prepared. Nine, being coachable. And 10, attitude. Get these things. Get these 10 items in alignment. Write them down. Write them down. You can replay this. You can rewind this and write those things down. All right. Write these 10 things down and and check yourself. I mean, you don't have to check each and every item each and every day, but go back to that list every so often and ask yourself, you know, is my work ethic where it should be? Is my effort, my energy, my body language where it should be? Am I, did I do everything I could to be on time today? Did I do everything I could to be early today? What's my attitude like? How coachable am I? Or am I prepared for this job I got to do? Am I, you know, is there any more I can do? Can I do extra? How do I feel about this? Where's my passion? Is my pa- am, I, am I ready to really jump in with this passionately? You know, these things do add up. Believe me, they do add up. I, I have experienced each and every one of these 10 items in my life. And again, these things require zero talent. But they will pay off dividends, great grand dividends in the long run. Maybe even the short run too, depending on what you've got coming your way. So with that, we're going to wrap this up. I think I've set a record. I think this is by far the longest episode of the Ice Talks that has been recorded. (laughs) And I hope you've had the patience and and excitement to actually listen to all of it. If not, uh, you probably aren't even hearing me talk about it. But Anyway, I'm sure you are, and I'm wishing you nothing but the best, and uh, there will be more podcast episodes coming soon, so stay tuned, and I'm glad you were able to share a couple of minutes of your day with me today. Take care of yourself. God bless. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ice Talks, where we implement change every day.